This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. And here we are back with Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. And we are covering some St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day. I'm wearing my Irish knit tonight, Laura, from Ireland to cover this specific episode. Very festive. Today, we're covering the Irish famine Mm -hmm. of 1846. I get the dates all confused. Around it. It was a lot. Um, I deep dove. I deep dove. I couldn't get enough of this story. Mm It couldn't be more complicated and convoluted. Yeah. So, and political. And political. Yeah. It's extremely political. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many English listeners we have, <laughs> but I have to say um, they don't come out very nice in this story. Yeah. And you can absolutely see why the Irish hate the English yeah. in this story. Mm-hmm. So no offense, because I don't think current England is like this, but no. old England kind of, they were assholes. Yeah. Shall we kick it off? Sure. All right. So, in order to understand why the famine happens, you kind of have to know the history of Mm -hmm. Ireland. In 1801, you have the Act of Union, which makes Ireland unwillingly part of the United Kingdom. Yes. They just kind of fucking took places over. They didn't ask. They just were like, you're part of us now. Okay. Um, The British governor appoints Ireland's leaders, and he's called, like, I have it later in the story, like the lead chancellor of Ireland Mm -hmm. or something. Um, and they were all Protestant English. They're born in Scotland. They're born in England. They're not true-born Irish. Mm-hmm. True-born Irish, most of them are Catholic. Mm-hmm. 80% of them are hard-core Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, once uh, England takes over Ireland, they pass the penal laws. These are fucking something. Okay. So, you are imprisoned for practicing Catholicism. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not allowed to vote. You're not allowed to hold a public office. If you're Catholic. If you're Catholic. These are all specific to Catholics. Uh Uh, You can't marry a Protestant to gain land. You can't own a horse worth more than five pounds. And I don't mean like weighs more than five pounds. He can't be worth more than five pounds. So it's pretty much a dead horse. So you have an old nag. Yeah, with like three teeth. Okay. Um, You can't. So if you own land, you can't just bequeath it to your son or your daughter. It has to be subdivided. You're not allowed to leave land to whom you with, whom you love when you choose. Okay. Um, you can't. There's certain jobs you're not allowed to go for, like law. You can't be in any kind of political office. You can't do any kind of law jobs. They hold the Irish Catholics way down. Okay. Um, these are mostly repealed by 1829, mm-hmm. but. When they were up, I mean, they were severe. I mean, a friend of mine has these rosaries. They're a ring because they were forbidden to practice anything. Uh-huh. So they would practice the rosaries on a ring. Uh-huh. You know, it, it was something. All right. So most of the laws are repealed by 1829. But is, um, it's all Catholics are punished by this. Okay. They speak the language of honor, which is Gaelic. Mm-hmm. They were forbidden to speak it at this time, too. But. You will hear, like, they would speak it among each other. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't teach it in schools. You couldn't teach Catholicism in schools. You couldn't bring artifacts in from Rome. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy what you could not do. So what happens is the Irish Catholic go to the lower classes. Mm-hmm. And the Anglo-English, which are either English-born Irish or Irish-born English parents, they wind up running Ireland. Mm-hmm. So the class structure of Ireland, you have three classes. You have landowners, landlords... They own huge estates in Ireland, but most live in England. So they own the estates in Ireland, but they live in England. They don't deal with the land. They could give a shit. It falls into disrepair. They don't care. Mm. They have tenants. Um, there's another word for them. Land agents yeah. that collect rents from them. They So most of these states are really in bad, bad straits. Mm-hmm. The landlords, they subdivide, they subdivide the estates into farms. Three or more air, uh, acres, you, uh, nope, 30 or more acres, you're a large farmer. 10 to 30 acres, you're a middling farmer. Two to 10 acres, you're a small farmer. Then under the small farmer are the laborers. They don't even own land. They just go farm to farm to farm and they labor the land. Mm-hmm. The rents on these farms are ridiculous. Yeah. They are outrageously priced. 
So what is happening is a lot of the smaller farmers subdivide. So they explain it like you have an apartment house mm -hmm. and you get 10 renters. But the rent's so high, those each 10 renters subdivide, bring a family in. So now you get 20 renters on one parcel of land trying to pay the rent. Mm -hmm. And these houses are small and crowded. They said like at one point they'd put a bureau between the house of this one room to make it two families. Yeah. And they were Irish Catholic. They There's have a like million of 15 them. kids. Yeah. They're really into, they're a clannish community. They're a superstitious community. Mm -hmm. um, they love big families. They're they're happy group. So even though they're poor, they're a happy group of people. Mm -hmm. um, so now I lost my place, of course. They crawl into these same places. Um, the laborers, they don't have a house at all. And what they would do is they, they would live in scalps. So they would carve out a hole in the ground, put oh. a thatched roof on it, and live in the hole. Oh my God. You would think it's disgusting. They're free from the wind. They're free from the rain. It was pretty cozy, but they live in like paupers. Like, like they, little hovels. Little huts. Like, yeah. Yep. And one guy, like some of them would even do it in the bogs. So one oh, doctor. Oh God, that's what. <laughs> one doctor's like, I. he went to find the patient and they were like, could you get off the roof, please? Because he didn't realize he was standing on the roof of their house. But they say it was pretty cozy and warm. Yeah. 80% of Ireland at this time is Catholic and poor. They um, have no shoes. Most of them are walking around with no shoes and they're wearing rags. And they're okay with that. They mm -hmm. don't They don't mind. So rent is paid two times a year called gale day, like a gale of wind, gale day. You can't pay the rent, you're evicted. It didn't matter. You were out. Even if you could pay the rent, they didn't like you, you're out. Mm -hmm. um, and besides working your own piece of land you had to work the landowner's land as well so you had to donate 80 days a year to the landowner oh to God. pay his rent right the there are 32 counties of ireland at the time and they had just subdivided into 130 poor union communities mm -hmm. each one of these has a workhouse so you have 130 workhouses if you're in that poor union community that landowner is paying to keep the workhouse open okay um, the workhouse, you can enter it voluntarily. It's shameful to go into it. It's kind of like welfare, mm -hmm. but you can't leave voluntarily. And yeah. if you leave, like say you just walked away and you're wearing their uniform, they could shoot you dead because you're stealing their clothes. Oh. It, they're not nice places. It's basically jail. Mm -hmm. So that will come into play later why they, they found it very shameful to go to the workhouses. Um, most Irish, they would rather die than go into this workhouse. Mm -hmm. So as I said, the family is large. They're happy community. They're very superstitious. So a lot of what happens, they blamed on the fairies. They believed in fairies. Mm -hmm. And the Irish famine killed the fairy, believe it or not, oh. in their community. Fairies, they would leave food out for the fairies because if you didn't leave food out the fairies, they would ruin your crops. If you didn't do this for the fairies, mm -hmm. they would destroy this. They weren't cute little fairies. They were nasty little bitches. Yeah. yeah. Nasty little bitches. Um, so... They have like a hungry month. The hungry months are July and August. Mm -hmm. And that's all based on the way the potato crops are planted. Okay. New potatoes are planted in the spring and they're harvested in May. And they're like, um, you know, the potatoes with the really thin skin. Mm -hmm. That's what they're like. Okay. So they would harvest them and they would eat them mm -hmm. as they came in. They had a thin skin. They don't last long and they're gone by July. So July and August is when the old potatoes, it's not... They're called old potatoes because they have a thicker skin. Mm -hmm. They last longer. This is what's going to get them through the winter. The older potato wasn't in yet, so they would be hungry. And mm -hmm. they were so proud that they would literally go to other communities miles away and beg or dig in their fields and steal food because they didn't want their own community to know that they, they, they were that hungry. Yeah. Um, and even with the potato, so the old potato, the Irish lumper mm -hmm. is what they called it. Mm -hmm. Has a thick skin. It's harvested in September and October. Um, it's a sturdy potato. It has a thicker skin. It lasts throughout the winter. Some of the potatoes are put aside for the next year's crops. They're the new seedlings. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that um, the Irish ate fucking potatoes every meal. Mm -hmm. Breakfast potatoes, lunch potatoes, dinner potatoes, snacks potatoes, 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 potatoes. Mm -hmm. Everybody, the aristocracy is not eating potatoes. They had potato bread, potato soup, potato, like everything is potatoes yeah. because it was cheap, easy to grow, and it grew a lot. Mm -hmm. The aristocracy is eating the wheat and the barley and yeah. the, they're eating the meat. They'd have a pig 
but the pig usually got sold to pay the rent. So they're eating like chickens, they're eating eggs, but they're not eating much potatoes. more than fucking potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the farmers, they, they are growing wheats and other grains to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. So they will come in on gale day and if you can't pay the rent, they collect everything off your land and that's how you're going to pay the rent. They tend livestock. They're not allowed to eat them. They are only allowed to eat potatoes. Mm-hmm. So everything they collect goes back to England. Mm-hmm. Uh, so potatoes themselves, according to WebMD, WebMD mm-hmm. they're a great source of fiber. They keep uh, cholesterol and blood sugars down, which surprised me because I thought potatoes make your sugars go up. Yeah, that is weird. Like right. starch makes your sugar go mm. up. Yeah. But they say that keeps it in check. Ugh. They're full of antioxidants that fight free radicals. Mm-hmm. They deliver over 40% of vitamin C, half the vitamins B5 you need for the uh, day. They are very. They have more potassium in them potato than a banana. Wow. They're high in calories. They have six grams of protein, four grams of fiber, and five grams of sugar. Wow. So because the Irish are eating so many potatoes, mm-hmm. they're actually bigger than the English, stronger than the English, and healthier than the English. Mm-hmm. So take it away with your potato info. Okay. What happens when these don't? So when you... I'm going to go over vitamin deficiencies. Yes. Okay. So like she just said, these potatoes are high in vitamin C, vitamin A, they're high Protein. in vitamins. They're high in vitamins. They're actually, it, does, it doesn't sound right, but they're actually good for you. Mm. I mean, if this is the only staple of your diet, a potato's not that bad. Right. Who knew? <laughs> I'm going to live forever. <laughs> I'm all over the French fries at McDonald's. <laughs> I can't wait. So I'm going to go over a couple of vitamin deficiencies and what happens when you do not have these vitamins in your diet. Um, vitamin C deficiency, otherwise known as... Scurvy. It's the scurvy. the scurvy. Yeah. Um, is a big problem. Pirates used to have it a lot. Yes. Arg. <laughs> so the signs and symptoms of scurvy are weakness, fatigue, sore limbs, gum disease, easy bleeding, my lot, Spit it out, myalgia, <laughs> um, roughness of skin, petechiae, which is like those little teeny dots you get from like bruising. Like yeah. if somebody strangled yeah. you, you'd have petechiae in your eyes. Um, poor wound healing and corkscrew hairs. Which I feel is the worst. You know what? I wouldn't mind that because then I'd have curly hair because right now mine's No, it'll be like those hard, weird, bristly hairs. And they'd come out of my chin. Yeah, it would grow out of the middle of your face probably. (laughs) Um, And if it's left untreated, if you go without vitamin C for a long time and do not treat it, it, you will get iron deficiency anemia, bleeding from the skin, you will lose your teeth, you'll get gum disease, you will get personality changes. And you can die from the bleeding that will occur within your body. Eesh. Yeah. That's rough shit. Yeah. So that is vitamin C deficiency. You need vitamin C. Yeah. Period. Yep. Um, you don't want to be a scurvy dog. No. Um, vitamin A deficiency is another completely different problem. Vitamin A is good for proper vision, your strong immune system, your reproduction um, system, and healthy skin. Signs and symptoms of a vitamin A deficiency are dry skin, dry eyes, Dry eyes is usually the first sign that you have a vitamin A deficiency. You mm-hmm. cannot make tears if you don't have vitamin well, that's A. That's not good. Yep. Um, no. And more that can tears. lead to, I don't know how they say this, bitots spots. <laughs> and your cornea is dying and becoming completely blind. Oh, that's disgusting. If it's left untreated. Ooh. Um, you can get night blindness, infertility issues in men and women, delayed growth in children, throat and chest infections, poor wound healing because vitamin A. Uh, promotes collagen mm-hmm. um, creation and acne and breakouts. So you need your vitamin A for your sight, for your immune system, for your skin, for your skin, to help you grow, to help prevent throat and chest right. infections. Um, and then there's um, iron deficiency, which we all know iron deficient iron deficiency anemia. Um, anemia is. When the blood lacks adequate, healthy red blood cells, which carry oxygen through your body. Mm-hmm. So that's anemia. So iron deficiency anemia is due to a lack of iron in your blood. And without iron, you can't produce hemoglobin, which is what makes your red blood cells carry O2. Right. So your hemoglobin so is what binds the oxygen to your red blood right. cells. Um, so signs and symptoms of iron deficiency anemia are extreme fatigue, weakness, pale skin, chest pain, shortness of breath, irregular heartbeats. 
headache, dizziness, lightheadedness, cold hands and feet, inflammation or soreness of your tongue, which sounds gross. Anything to do with your tongue is disgusting. Um, Brittle nails. Pica. Pica is when you want to eat weird shit. Yeah, like you crave like things that are inedible. Clay, dirt, charcoal, like weird shit shit that you wouldn't normally eat. I know my aunts had um, pica when they were pregnant, a few of them, and they wanted this soap. They would carry around this bar of soap. I forget. It was like a red bar of soap. They wouldn't eat it, but they would smell, like they wanted to eat it. So they would carry it around and like smell it all the time because they really, like they just wanted to eat it because they had Pika's pica. Pika's among pregnant women. Pregnant women, yeah. That's when they would have it. Um, you get a poor appetite. Complications of um, iron deficiency anemia are you get heart problems. You get an irregular heartbeat or an enlarged heart with heart failure because your mm-hmm. heart has to pump more mm-hmm. because your blood cells aren't carrying that oxygen. Right. So it's pumping more to try to get oxygen. Um, it can lead to premature births and low birth weight babies. And it can lead to delayed growth and development in infants and children. And you are more susceptible to infections. Which is a when you, big, yes. big problem. Yeah. And that's it for like the vitamin. Okay. So... In steps, well, we're going to start with 1844. Okay. Because 1844, they have a bumper crop of potatoes. There's so many fucking potatoes they don't know what to do with them. They're leaving in the ditches. They're rotting. They are inundated with potatoes. There's so many fucking potatoes in 1844. <laughs> Those fairies were well fed. That Those year. fairies were very mm-hmm. happy in 1844. Mm-hmm. 1845, not so much. Oh, boy. So the no potatoes are harvested in the spring. No problem. There's some reports that there's a quote-unquote blight being seen in the western part of Ireland, but nobody's really concerned. They just think it's the fairies being pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, potato blight is a disease of potatoes and tomatoes. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know it was tomatoes. Oh, it covers the tomatoes, oh. too. So maybe that's why all the Italians came in later. Right. Um, it's caused by a water mold called, oh my God, Phytophthoria infestant. It is in humid areas. It likes wet. Yeah. And what is Ireland? Wet. Very fucking Very wet. wet. Yeah. Um, hot, dry weather keeps it away. So the summer of that year had been very hot and very dry. Unusually hot. Mm-hmm. Um, when a plant becomes infested, you'll see dark green or purplish black lesions will appear on the potato leaves and the stem. Okay. Under the leaves is a whitish growth that we will release it's a fungus yeah and it'll release spores it loves to release spores when it rains uh-huh. and it will release them on the wind nice okay and what is ireland very windy fucking wet very and rainy. windy yeah okay mm-hmm. the potato tuber which is the potato mm-hmm. it will be like when if you get this fungus on it and you pull the potato out it's going to look shrunken and it's black mm-hmm. um the outside it's rotted and visible they can be black and slimy so if it rains and this fungus is on the leaf, it's washing it into the ground, and then this fungus hits the potato and makes it disgustingly brown, black, slimy. And the wind will set the spores for fucking miles. Oh. So this is how it's going to cover large quantities of land in a very, very short time. They can also infect. So even though they've harvested new potatoes, mm-hmm. it can hit the potatoes. that are, They will bury ditches, and they bury the potatoes in the ditch to keep them while they're eating them. It can get into that ditch and rot your potatoes. Ew. So in 1845, August of 1845, blight is first seen by some farms, farmers on their crops. October of 1845, this huge rainstorm comes in mm-hmm. like people have never seen before. Mm-hmm. They think the fairies are angry because they left all these potatoes in the ditches and everything. And it is, it's like black, it's pouring rain. It's a horrible, horrible storm. The next morning, the entire island of Ireland smells like shit. It smells like decay and rotten potatoes. Mm. So a third of the total potato crop is gone gone due to blight. Um, And the farmers start looking. They're like, oh, my potatoes in the the pits are fine. And they look in. They're fucking all rotted, too. Now there's a panic because this is all about 80% of Ireland eats. So... um, the English Parliament, they have a policy of laissez-faire mm-hmm. policy. Mm-hmm. Laissez-faire is a policy of minimum gov- governmental interference to the economic affairs of individuals and society. Mm-hmm. In other words, 
even though most of Ireland is now going to starve, the government's like, leave it alone. Not my problem. Yeah. That happened to them. You leave it alone because it'll affect the markets. They're all about fucking money. Mm-hmm. So in November of 1845, Prime Minister Peel, you know, like Robert Peel in the potato famine. Peel, potatoes. Yeah, Peel, yeah. A little coincidental. Mm. He wants he wants to help. He does feel bad for the Irish. So December of 1845, because of this famine, food prices double. Mm. So these people are already fucking poor. You think they're gonna pay double the food prices for anything in there? Right. Um so they can't afford it. And all of the crops are still being shipped out of Ireland to England. The United Kingdom has corn laws, which have nothing to do with corn. Mm-hmm. Corn laws in England refer to all grains, wheats, oats, and barley. And it's designed to keep the prices of those grains high so that the people who grow them will make money. Mm -hmm. If you import the American grains, which we have buckets full, Mm -hmm. it'll lower the prices and it'll hurt the farms and they don't fucking want that. So they block an import of any grains from other countries like the U.S. to keep these prices at a good level. Mm-hmm. Um, this also helps enhance the profit and political power of English aristocracy. Right. So Robert Peel's like, I really want to get rid of these laws. They're bullshit. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to let him get rid of these laws. So he comes up with this plan and he's like, well, if we import corn from the United States, technically it's not part of the corn law because There's no it's corn. not corn, yeah. you know? So he decides to start shipping in massive amounts of corn to Ireland mm-hmm. to aid and relief. Problem is, there's only two mills in the entire country of Ireland that know how to mill corn. So all these random farmers who still have to pay for the cornmeal, oh. even though it's cheaper, they, can't, they have to pay for it. They're not giving it. Mm-hmm. They have to pay for cornmeal. They're starting to take it, but they don't know what the fuck to do with it. Mm-hmm. So they're eating it very raw. Ew. And it's puncturing their colon yeah. and causing intestinal problems. So they're ending up with bloody diarrhea mm-hmm. and major, major GI issues. So they, you know, to top it off, they have to pay for it. Even though it's cheaper grain, they still have to pay for it. And they are pawning anything and everything to pay for this corn. Mm-hmm. So if they were fishermen, they've pawned all their nets and hooks. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be able to fish. Right. If they're farmers, they've pawned all their equipment so they can't farm like mm-hmm. if you have clothes anything you have you fucking pawn to pay for cornmeal you can't eat yeah so by december of 1845 86,900 people have died of starvation already mm-hmm. in march of 1846 peel adds public works jobs so he is just creating jobs so they can make money to pay for the cornmeal building roads building bridges building anything he can think of they mm-hmm. literally built roads to nowhere to help pay for these people so thousands of people are showing up for work, but they're showing up, they're starving, they have no shoes, they right. have no clothes, they, they're barely able to breathe, but they're working 12-hour days. And if you so much as made one fucking mistake, you were gone, somebody else was mm-hmm. in your place. Um, and they're waiting for money, but the bureaucracy is so bad, they may not get paid for weeks. Right. So they're still starving, no matter what, no matter how much money they're putting in for this. So by June of 1846, Peel is able to get these corn laws repealed, but it costs him his office. So out Uh he goes, and he's replaced by this piece of shit, Prime Minister Russell. He's a real piece of shit. He's really into the English. He's really into the Irish suck, and English is great, and Mm -hmm. we're better than everybody. So by July of 1846, I think I'm in the right year, it looks like the crops are going to be okay, so Russell stops the import of all corn and shuts down relief committees committees, and the public works jobs to end at the end of August. Oh, good. By August of 1846, the blight is back. Three quarters of the crops are destroyed. Mm. This starts a massive emigration to the U.S., Canada, and Australia. Mm -hmm. By November of 1846, an abnormally harsh winter sets in. Now you're seeing scurvy, dysentery, fevers. Mm -hmm. They're epidemic across the country. Some landlords find it cheaper to actually pay tickets to emigrate them to the United States or to Ireland, I mean, uh, to Australia or to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the hardest hit towns was Skibberdeen. They lost a third of their pop- population. And one of the reporters describes he walks into Skibberdeen and you walk by the shops, they're full of vegetables and corn and breads and all this shit. Mm-hmm. 
but you go to the homes and they're skeletons. These people are starving. They can't even get out of the corner of the hut right. to come over and greet you. And he describes having this bizarre conversation with these two sisters who were ticking off the days they have left. Okay, we're not eating, so 14 days and we'll be dead. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it was bizarre. They are hit so bad, they make international news. Mm -hmm. And by the end of 1846, there were 122, 899,000 deaths. Did you want to talk about the fevers and the... Starvation. Starvation what and everything. Does. Okay, sure. Um, I'll go over starvation first. Okay. Because I help, I think it helps... Because this, this is only one year in, and this right. lasts for many years. Right. And to know that these people are doing all this work while they have this going on in their systems is unreal. Mm -hmm. This is why they can't get out of the corners right. of their houses. Right. Um, so starvation, as a definition, is a severe deficiency in caloric energy intake needed to maintain human life. Starvation is the most extreme form of malnutrition. Um, prolonged starvation can cause organ, da organ damage and death. Starvation's a process. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm starving. Like no, it's a it's, whole it's weeks and months long and... process. It's a terrible, terrible long process. When the body recognizes that food is scarce, it reallocates its resources to keep the body going mm -hmm. until you get food. So it, you know, after a cup, you know, even when you're just fasting, like people fast. Yeah, and I hate it. Right, but even when you do that, your body's like, okay, so what's going on? So I'm gonna burn yeah. some of this fat, and that's right. why people fast, like right. to burn their fat and use up that. Your body immediately will be like, okay, I haven't eaten in a few hours. I haven't eaten in a yeah. day. I haven't I'm gonna eaten hit in the, two days. I'm going to hit the ass. Right. Um, so it, your body is smart and knows I have to use some of the stuff I have inside until I can get food again. Mm -hmm. So it keeps you going for a little bit. Starvation, starvation consists of three phases. Um, the first phase, the blood glucose levels are maintained by your body turning proteins, glycogens, and fats into glucose. So first, glycogen is which is stored in your liver, is broken down to glucose. Mm -hmm. But there's only like enough glycogen in your liver to keep your blood levels, your glucose levels, like for a couple hours. Oh, okay. That's it. There's, it's not yeah. like you're going to go days with the with stuff this, stored yeah. in your liver. It's a few hours. <laughs> not my liver. No. Um, after the glycogen is used up, fats are broken down into glycerol and fatty acids. Um Fatty acids can be used as a source of energy, especially by your skeletal muscles. So your skeletal muscles are using up those fatty acids so your brain can still use any mm -hmm. um, glucose that's going because your brain needs more glucose. Important than, your brain right. your heart more important right. than everything. Um, glycerol is broken down to make a small amount of glucose. Um, and that's going to go to your brain because mm -hmm. your brain needs that. But most of the glucose comes from amino acids of protein when that is broken down. So this is, we're doing little fatty acids. We're breaking down some fat. You're getting a little something, but it's not, not enough. enough. Um, the second phase may last for se um, several weeks. Fats become the main energy source because you've done all these little things that you can do, like the fatty acids <laughs> and the glycol and all that stuff. Your body's used all that. Your liver metabolizes fatty acids into ketone bodies that are used for energy. After about a week of inadequate food, your brain starts using ketone bodies for energy. This is not good. Good. They should not be using this. They not. need like straight up glucose. Um, you're going to feel cold. You're going to be hypersensitive to noise and lights. Um, your gums are going to swell and bleed. You're going to have a decreased libido because you're starving. Why no. are you having I'm sex? I'm thinking about sex I don't know. you're starving to death. You you're going to have mood changes. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be irritable. You're going to be angry. You know, when you get hangry, this is like oh, 18,000 times angry? worse. Um, your brain is not getting what it needs to be functioning properly. You're starting to lose it. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the third phase, that starts when a person's fat reserves are all used up. So you used There's every fat reserve on your body left. Skeleton. Yep, and your body switches to protein for its energy source. This is the beginning of the end. You are now breaking down your muscles mm -hmm. to maintain life. Um, muscles are very quickly broken down. It happens quickly once you get to I this. It. Once it starts, it happens quickly. Um, at the end of phase three, proteins that your cells need to function are completely depleted and cell function degenerates. You are not, you're not living anymore. You will lose weight. You become apathetic. You withdraw. You become listless. And um, 
are obviously way more susceptible to infectious diseases. And this is exactly how they explained what all the people in Skibberdine were like. Right. And they, like, even when you listless, said, like, and they were listless, apathetic, like, yeah, okay, I got 14 days to live. They're completely apathetic because they their us. brain yep. is not functioning yep. at a level that you're like, shit, I got 14 what? days. Like, it's they're like, what whatever. Else? Like, because your brain is not functioning no. correctly anymore. They're laying in their own filth just waiting for death to come. Yep. Other signs of starvation are flaky skin, edema of the lower limbs and abdomen, Changes in hair color, hair loss. You haven't, you have a, um, your ability to eat decreases. Mm -hmm. So even if someone gave you something, you're like, yeah, I can't eat that. Like you can have a, it's too much. Uh, you, you like don't want to eat anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and you become dehydrated, obviously. Um, your teeth just decay and fall out. Your bones are weakened. You can't <sighs> move. You can't walk. You can't, your muscles are gone. Your bones are weak. Like you're it's a, a mess. You're a mess. You're a mess. Um, starvation obviously ruins your immune system. Most starving people die of infectious disease before actual yeah. starvation kills yeah. them. Um, but you only have so much fat, glucose, and muscle, and eventually you will die because mm -hmm. you will use it all. However, usually an infectious disease gets you first. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of starvation, there's two diseases that are common. Um, I'm not going to say either of these right. Marismus. <laughs> It happens um, due to extreme energy deficiency. Your body weight is dangerously low and your rate of infection is sky high. So you're mm -hmm. just going to get any infection that's coming towards you. And then there's, I'm definitely not saying this right, quashior whore? <laughs> quashior whore. It affects whore, yeah. okay? It affects children who are very low in protein. These are the kids that you see. With you know, the big bellies. You, yes, when you see the kids like in those commercials with the flies having kids in Africa. And and, yeah. yeah. Um, they have edema and fatty liver, which makes their abdomen huge. hugely distended, which makes them look like, look, they're eating fine. Yeah. They have no. tons to eat. No, it's their liver and edema that is filling that oh, abdomen up. And then they babies. can't eat because their stomach is squished right. down. Um, and that, um, when a person does die of starvation, it is usually caused by a heart attack or an arrhythmia caused by electrolyte imbalances. Mm -hmm. Or by extreme tissue degeneration. When your tissues are breaking down, like if, if an elderly person falls at home and they've been laying on the floor, your tissues yeah. stop breaking down. They get you, sick. You get wicked septic. You go into shock and you die. So it could, you die from either one of those. Right. Um, people can die of starvation in as little as three weeks or they can starve for as long as 70 days. Well, I think it goes to show the fighting spirit of these Irish. Mm -hmm. They went for years like this. Yeah. Fucking years. They must have had enough that it was like just enough to get them. They through, say at one point only... the kids' faces were stained with green grass because they were eating, eating grass. grass. Anything yeah. they could get, they would go at night and scavenge in people's fields trying to dig up cabbages and turnip. Anything they could fucking find. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, it's a terrible, right, terrible way to be. So we're going into January. Okay, eighteen forty-seven. Okay. The British Relief Association forms. <laughs> the British Relief Association. <laughs> they decide they're going to come up with the Soup Kitchen Act. Oh. They're going to put out a bunch of fucking soup kitchens because this is going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And they're going to open up to feed the hungry, but they're not going to open up till July. This is January. They're not going to open up till July. Good idea. And those months mm -hmm. aren't hard. Right. <laughs> right By this point, there are 714,000 people trying to find these public work jobs. They're all in public work jobs trying to wait money. But again, they're not paying. Right. Word has gone out about this Irish famine and countries from all over the world trying to donate. Mm -hmm. Queen Victoria, God bless her heart. <laughs> She donates $2,000 out of her pocket, oh, which wow. would be today's money. You would think, oh, wow, right? Yeah. Um, the Shah of Turkey, in today's money, wants to give $10 million. Wow. But he's told, you can't give more than the Queen gave because that's insulting. <gasps> so nobody is allowed to donate more than $2,000 to the Irish Relief Fund. Do you know what $10 million right. would have done the for the country. fucking Irish? Right. But no, that would be insulting to the queen. Oh, my God. Fuck her. Um, so the ch even the Choctaw tribe, which was the Trail of Tears tribe, yeah. they can relate to the hunger from the mm -hmm. tail. They come up with like $129 and they donate it. Mm -hmm. Like people from all over the world right. are donating money because they can't believe how bad it is over there. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, the queen, Queen Victoria is about... 30 years old. She already has six fucking kids. God bless her. And she could give a shit. 
about the Irish. Mm -hmm. When you watch the show, Victoria, she comes off so sympathetic to the Irish plight. And I want to help them. When you read accounts of her, she really didn't give a shit. Yeah. She was like, oh, whatever. Yeah, they're hungry. God bless. They deserve it. Um, They they should work harder. They should have less kids. Whatever. This is from the fucking woman with nine kids. Yeah. By April of 1847, the Fever Act is is put through to relieve the overcrowded hospitals. Mm -hmm. At this point, fuck pride, the Irish are going in droves to the workhouses Mm -hmm. looking for food, clothing, and relief. Mm -hmm. The workhouses are doubling and tripling in size. Mm -hmm. They can't maintain the amount of people coming in. And as they come in, they're bringing in all this disease. Um, So... The workhouses are rampant with disease by this point. And finally, in July of 1847, the soup kitchens open. They are serving three million people a day. Wow. A day in these soup kitchens, okay? And what is happening is supers, quote unquote, supers are coming out. What is a super? Let me tell you, Laura, what a super is. A super is a Protestant who sets up a tent and cooks a delicious stew to serve 80 people. He's got fresh clothing and everything. Mm. He tells you, come on in. You can eat soup and have fresh clothing if you renounce the Catholic religion and become a Protestant. Oh, my God. Mm. Some of them are like, go fuck yourself. I'd right. rather starve to death. That's how devout they are. Mm-hmm. Others are like, sure. And they eat <laughs> the soup. They hear? take the clothes. They go to a Protestant. Um, I don't even know what the Protestants call their ceremonies, mass, whatever. Yeah. And then they go to the Catholic church and they bring new clothes and they go down there. Finally, some of the Protestants were like, forget it. Other ones were just real fucking pieces of shit yeah. about it. Um, that's they, real Christian um, thing to yep, do. They're real Christian. I'll help you, but you have to do that. Yeah, but you have to convert yeah. to my... I mean, it's just unbelievable. And what's even more unbelievable is they're so Catholic, they would rather starve to mm-hmm. death than deal with, than do this. In this year, you also have the Poor Law, Law Act or the Quarter Acre Law Act. This clause forbids um, relief to any household head who refuses, who he holds more than a quarter acre of land and refuses to give it back to the landlord. So you have a quarter acre of land, you've been tilling it, you've been doing it, you paid your rents and everything, but he wants it back, you refuse to give it, you're not getting any relief for your starvation. Oh. That's what this means. Um, and this leads to massive evictions. They don't just say, get the fuck out of the house. They go into the house with crowbars and flames and they burn it to the <gasps> ground. So you can't go back and inhabit it. That's lovely. Do you remember when we were in Ireland and mm-hmm. we went to all the churches and they had no roofs? Yeah. Because they had the roof tax. So yeah. they just fucking took the roof, roof off. off. <laughs> this is what all these laws are like. Right. They don't, they're going to find a way around the law. All right. right? So now you have starvation, mm-hmm. horrible winter. And people are living in ditches because they have no homes mm-hmm. because the landlords have evicted them because it's cheaper to evict them and get them off their fucking land than try to help these people. Lovely. Okay. August of 47, there's not much blight, in the, but it is not enough to feed the problem they have created. Mm-hmm. By October of 47, they close all the soup kitchens. Oh, well, there was no blight, so it's right. fine. Yeah. They're going to close them all because you're feeding three million a day. We can't keep that up. That's oh. bullshit. Let's close them. December of 1847, at this point, the farmers are stealing any... So, even though these people are starving to death, the production of exports out of Ireland has actually increased. I When I was reading this stuff, I couldn't... I was like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But they're exporting a shit ton of food. All the food is Meat, leaving Ireland. vegetables. Even oh. though the Irish are starving. Yeah, That's how much they didn't give a yeah. shit yeah. about their own people. Yeah. And like I said, you go into town and all the stores have food, but nobody can fucking buy it. Mm -hmm. And everybody around you is in rags, skeletons, Mm -hmm. scurvy, typhoid, and you are holding on to your fucking food. Mm -hmm. What human does that to another human? I can't believe it. Excuse me. So um, you're seeing peas, beans, rabbits, fish, honey, all be exported out of Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um. And like I said, it's increased at this time. They can't believe it, but they actually increased the exports in the time of starvation. So now what do they have to do? Because what people are doing is they're raiding the carts of food that are leaving town. They're um, blockading the ships from Mm -hmm. leaving. They're stealing the food. So let's pass the crime and outrage law pass. (laughs) It gives the Lord ultimate... um, That's the name of the guy. The Lord ultimate of Ireland... The power to organize the island into districts and bring police in to, um, to fix all these problems. Mm-hmm. So 
in its past because they're also concerned there's going to be a fucking revolt. Well, they are starting to. Right. So what you don't know is the blight in Ireland did not just hit Ireland. It hit almost all of Europe. Mm -hmm. This potato blight hit the United States and it hit Denmark. And and so what had happened is these countries that hit Mm -hmm. on mainland Europe overthrew their governments Mm -hmm. and became no longer a monarchs. They changed their governments because of the blight. England's shit in their pants. The fucking Irish, who are starving to death, are going to rise up and take over and get their country back. It would take a strong wind to blow them Exactly, exactly. But you know what? Mm -hmm. They fucking try because they're Irish. Mm -hmm. They got the fighting Irish. All right. So some revolutionists in Ireland, they've gone to France to see what France did for their revolutions. Because actually last night I was watching something with Cameron. They have the French Revolution in the 1700s. Napoleon comes into power. They overthrow Napoleon. They put the king back in power. After that fucking revolution. They go through three different revolutions to change the state of France. Yeah. So they go in to see. I mean, you got three revolutions. How are you doing it? Right. So they go down to see what's going on. And this is where the Irish flag comes up. It's based after the French flag. Mm-hmm. You have the green for the Irish Catholics. You have the orange for the Protestant Catholics. Mm. I mean, Protestant Irish. And you have the white for the truce. I was fascinated oh, by the little tidbit of information. Okay. So by the end of 1847, 220,000 have emigrated from the United States. Mm -hmm. 249,335 have died. Mm -hmm. This becomes known as Black 47. Mm -hmm. Netflix has a movie called Black 47. Oh, really? And it is about an uh, an Irish soldier who fought for um, England, and he comes back in 1847. His family has died of starvation. He watches his sister get kicked out of her home mm-hmm. and evicted and freeze to death and he fucking launches holy hell on the Irish mm-hmm. uh, on the English it's very very good and having read this the movie makes more right. sense I almost want to watch it again very very good um April 1848 treason felony act is passed oh boy again to deal with uprisings because you have the un- young Irish that are starting to there's a guy I think his name is Daniel O'Connell he's starting to Stir shit up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. July 1848, two-thirds of the crops have failed due to blight. Oh, my God. And the British Association Relief Fund has dried up. There's no more money. Hmm. The workhouses can't handle anymore. And people, at this point, people are committing crimes to get shipped to Australia. Because yeah, it's and, better. Because it's better. At one point, they're like, two women hit a police officer with a chair. And the judge is like, forget it. And they're like... If you do not ship us to Australia, we're going to fucking beat the shit out of him again. And he's like, all right, off to Australia you go. And Australia is all men. Mm -hmm. So they, at this point, are taking any woman between the ages of 14 and 18 Mm -hmm. that will volunteer to go to Australia to populate. Mm -hmm. Because they need... So over the course of these years, 3,300 women volunteer to go to Australia on the penal colonies just to get the fuck out of Ireland. Um. In July, there's like a small one-day uprising by the young Irish, and it takes place, but they get... I mean, they're fucking starving right. to death. They have pitchforks. They're not allowed guns. They It doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, because of this one-day uprising, in September of 1848, England's like, well, fuck you, you ungrateful pieces of shit. We're going to dry up all the relief to Ireland. You brought this on yourselves. No. So every piece of... Um, relief or anything is pulled out and the poor laws are even ramped up more so even more evictions are coming now so in november of 1848 cholera hits Mm -hmm. on top of everything else we have the cholera epidemic in 1848 december 208,252 deaths and 180,000 have emigrated out of um island Mm -hmm. june 1849 the last of any... So the Quakers were the only ones left at this point. There was a whole segment of the Quakers of Ireland trying to help. Mm-hmm. They're fucking done. They can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gone. And there's a whole story how if the Queen is finally... All this time the Queen has ignored Ireland. Mm-hmm. It's like five years. She's yeah. ignored Ireland. 1849, she's going to do a grand visit. Oh. And literally all the aristocracy goes around, fucking paints buildings, shoes all the starving people into the countryside. Grand... Grand event, mm-hmm. Queen Victoria and her fucking six kids and her piece of shit husband are all coming over to see Ireland. God bless. Mm-hmm. Um, behind all of this, there's a total of 1,600, 686 families being evicted. 
while this is all going on. Mm -hmm. And another 220,000 are emigrating and 240,797 die Mm -hmm. by December of 1849. 1850, 164,093 deaths and 210,000 people emigrate. By 1851, Ireland is starting to recover, Mm -hmm. but before the Irish um, famine, eight million people lived in Ireland. You couldn't find a spot of land. There's so many people. By the time it's done, there's four million left. Yeah. Um. Do you want to finish up? Do you have more the diseases? Yes. Yeah. The diseases that we talked about. And then I want to talk about some of the ships because these diseases ended up on the ships. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the immigration to the different countries. Go ahead. Okay. So starvation itself only accounted for about 10 to 15% of the deaths mm-hmm. in Ireland. The susceptibility to infection was about caused about 50% of deaths. Mm-hmm. And depression accounted oh for a ton of other Despair. deaths. Yeah. Um, and like we said, all those vitamin deficiencies in the starvation causes mental mm-hmm. illness um during the famine they were fevers quote unquote yeah. fevers those are now known to be typhoid typhus relapsing fever cholera smallpox and other respiratory mm-hmm. illnesses um people also got extremely ill from eating rotten food yes because they, they would eat would the rotten potatoes. they yeah. would eat anything rotten they would find on the street they would eat yeah. it so they were getting tons of like diarrheal yeah diseases shit so yeah, you, ha- you have this person who's already starving, they're already dehydrated, and then you give them a, a parasite or a you know something from rotten food, mm-hmm. and they have a diarrhea. They're dying from the diarrhea yeah. itself. Um, they're already malnourished, and now they're, you know, whatever's in them is coming out their butt. Yeah, um, they're one- losing whatever little they had left. Right. So I had this about the ships, but I guess I'll wait. No, I, you talk about. Oh, I was just—it was just a little blurb. One point three million people emigrated from Ireland between eighteen forty-six and eighteen fifty-two, mostly to the U.S., um, Britain, and Australia. The passage was brutal. Obviously, these people are starving. Mm-hmm. They're malnourished. They're on these ships. There's eight thousand of them on the ship. Um, because they would oversell these ships. So if the ship only held like a hundred, these poor immigrants would be packed in two hundred. Right. They would sell them fake tickets. They were, it was awful. And they're on top of each other, so just like at the right. workhouses. And they're peasants, so they don't know any better. Right. So it was a mess. And it they just a, want to get the hell out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's a fucking disaster. Yeah. Um, they're called coffin ships because yes. the mortality rate was between 5 and 30%, mm-hmm. mostly from infectious diseases. Because it goes right on them with the ship, and now you get fucking packed in. Right, there. and now you're all like sardines. Mm-hmm. So the infectious diseases that were on there, we have talked about them before, but I'll go over well, just a little Well, because you know blurb. what? Every time we talk about disaster... The twins show up. Typhus and typhoid? They love to be mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't miss a party. No. So typhus is an infectious disease that is characterized by a purple rash, headache, fever, and delirium. It's usually transmitted by lice, ticks, mites, and rat fleas. So <laughs> when they're all going on this public works and yeah. going to live in these houses with 8,000 people, there's fleas and, and ticks. And they're not because there's no, nothing to wash with. Right. Um, so that is, typhus is going to spread when you have that many people packed in somewhere. And typhus brings her sister every time. Typhoid. That's a bacterial disease that spreads through contaminated food or water. Symptoms are high fever, headache, belly pain, and constipation or diarrhea. (laughs) So these malnourished people, again, are (laughs) shitting themselves. Um, Then there's relapsing fever, which is a bacterial infection spread by ticks, louse, or hard ticks. (laughs) It causes you louse. You louse. It causes recurring fevers, headache, muscle and joint aches, and nausea. There's cholera. Um, a back is a bacterial cholera disease. Is like the king. Yeah. You know, like if if we had a, you know, a hierarchy, he'd be a duke. Yeah, cholera is pretty high up. Yeah. Um, it's a bacterial disease that causes severe diarrhea and dehydration. It's usually spread by drinking contaminated water. It's fatal if not treated right away. Yeah. It has to be treated right away. And, and then you're living. ship for like three fucking months. Right. With nothing to clean. So yep. this one's got cholera. He's shitting himself. It's going into your water. You're drinking yep. it. And you're getting cholera. Yep. Everybody's getting cholera. And you're crammed in this little space. Right. Yep. Um, and then there's um, smallpox. It's an oh, extremely smallpox. contagious virus spread by airborne droplets, which cough, sneeze, mm-hmm. laugh, whatever. Um, saliva. It's caught. It's um, you can get it skin to skin, like from handshakes or hugs. The first, We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. 
The first symptom first symptoms appear 10 to 14 days after you're infected. The incubation occurs between day 7 and 17. You look and feel healthy during incubation, and you're not contagious. Right. Thank God. Um, then you get a fever, all overall discomfort, a headache, severe fatigue, severe back pain, and vomiting. Then flat red spots appear first on your face, hands, and forearms, then your trunk. A couple days later, they blister with clear fluid. Oh, that sounds lovely. A couple days later, that turns into pus. Oh, even prettier. Yep. And then scabs form about eight to nine days later oh, from that. So you just got pus oozing out of you for eight to nine days. stunning specimen. Yeah. Um, and then the scabs fall off, leaving huge pitted scars. Oh, So lovely. it was disfiguring if you survived it. God forbid you got that on the way to Australia when they were looking for a new ride. Know. She gets off. She's all pussy, pussy. and shit. Yeah. Scabbed. Um, most people Bloody survive, diarrhea. right, unless they are pregnant or have impaired immune systems, which Kills the you. Irish had impaired immune systems uh-huh. because of and the starvation they were yeah. dealing with. Yeah, I'm probably pregnant. <laughs> um, and that's all I have on those diseases. Well, you know, what was interesting, too, is when the Irish got here. Mm-hmm. So you had Irish that were established here already. Mm-hmm. They looked down on the new Irish coming in. Mm-hmm. So they could find jobs. They were put into like ghettos and, and they're landing in big cities. I mean, the stories of them coming into Canada first and mm-hmm. that the they were coming on through the St. Lawrence Seaway and there were multiple ships just waiting weeks mm-hmm. to unload their passengers. And I read this book called Black Potatoes by Susan Campbell Bartoletti, which is, you know, the Irish and the Italian. Yeah. We're all in the same plight. So Lots we all fucking married each other. I'm a... I'm a Irish-Italian combo. She was talking about a man who he... I forgot how he ends up here first. And his family comes over in one of these coffin ships. And it's a sick ship. And he's waiting. He winds up getting a rowboat. Going out. Getting them off the ship. Hiding them on his rowboat. And getting them back to Canada. And then they came through Canada to the United States. They Mm -hmm. end up in Boston. They end up in New York. They end up in Chicago. Which is the biggest Irish populations you can find in the United States. But they were shunned you couldn't find work you could find jobs so they were taking they built our railroads they mm-hmm. built our roads when the irish first got here they built the united states mm-hmm. so if you watch the gangs in new york i haven't watched this movie, the gangs in new york. but they talk about the bowery boys yeah. versus another gang mm-hmm. that was the old irish versus the new irish mm-hmm. and that's they were fighting for territory because mm-hmm. a lot of these poor women Coming from starvation, become prostitutes in the United States. Right. It was terrible. Like right. so, they didn't really find it much better here, mm-hmm. but they persevered and they took over government, yeah. police, everything. and fire, everything. <laughs> I mean, being in Boston, everybody's a mix something yeah. in the fire department, a police department, or yeah. at least was. So, um, and you, you finished with whatever you have, okay? Mm-hmm. So basically, by the end of the Irish famine, you have two million died, and two million emigrated to the different countries the irish population has never recovered yeah. from the irish famine I which i find it's crazy unfucking believable they have never seen the numbers they had before the irish famine yeah. so i got a lot of my information i, I read that book black potatoes it's mm-hmm. like a kid's book but it was fascinating <laughs> fucking fascinating yeah, those little kids book facts so much information they do and yeah. i also watched some stupid youtube series and it was all cartoons yeah, but, but it you, explained it yeah. in a way that I could... Cause it was oh, very, I get it. Yeah. This is a very difficult story to tell because the politics... Inv- like, these, the starvation was created because of these potatoes, but the famine was created by the policies. Yes. They These people did not have to starve to right. death. England just fucked them over every chance they got yeah. with these laws. I hate to say it. I'm sure you don't like that today. But it took well, them... Well, didn't... I think, like, Tony Blair or somebody... Apologized. apologized. Yeah. And people were bullshit that he apologized. But he's like, but they were wrong. They, they were, were wrong. wrong. You know, they were so. wrong. And you're talking, it is until the 1920s that they finally kind of win independence because the Northern Ireland still fucking belongs to the English. They yeah. will not let them go. Right. It's their last stronghold. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I also got information from the Irish potato famine of history.com. I got mine from disabledworld.com, livestrong.com, healthline.com, mayoclinic.com, and history.com. Well, I have to say, I'm glad we covered it yeah. because it is a fascinating It is very interesting. And I couldn't get over that they were an exporting country yeah. while the whole country was starving. Like, ramped I it up. can't get over They that. ramped it up while yeah. these people are starving to death. And I, you know what? I always thought about it because if you go to downtown Boston, 
there was an Irish famine statue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you always hear about it. You're like, oh, the famine, oh, the famine. You don't yeah. really think about it. It shaped the United States. Yeah. Because all those people all those came people. here. You're talking two million people influx into the United States. Yeah. That's a big fucking deal. So that's why a lot of this area has the Celtic gene, <gasps> which Celtic. is why people survived the famine. Oh, tell me about that Celtic yes. gene, Laura. Does it make you beautiful? I mean, obviously, because I have it. Stunning. Yep. Um, the Celtic gene is a whole, it's hemochromatosis is the disease mm-hmm. that you get from the Celtic gene. Hemochromatosis. Yep. So a little after the famine in 1865, a fatal disorder that affected the liver and pancreas and that bronzed the skin, which is <laughs> odd. Is that why you have that lovely For chance? Celtic descent. <laughs> was initially ri- written about. So 1865, kind of mm-hmm. right after the plague. They found these people had an excess of iron in their blood. Many explanations for the excess of iron were given, like you drink too much alcohol. Oh God, these poor. You Irish. have a ton of infections. Well, All you the just survived potatoes, a you famine. Eat. Yeah, um, and you have, you eat too much iron. You have way too much iron in your diet. Oh yeah, okay. and the potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So those were believed until 1935. Oh, my that God. was like what people thought these people were dying of. Um, when a British physician discovered the cause was an inborn era of the metabolism of iron within the body so your body absorbs um extra iron and stores it in your organs so you have iron in your blood your body if you have hemochromatosis takes this iron out of your blood and puts it into organs in your body oh and it stores it there just in case you might never get potatoes again (laughs) (laughs) so to diagnose hemochromatosis they had to measure the iron content of tissue specimens from a liver biopsy so back in the mm-hmm. early 1900s you had to have a liver biopsy to see and if this is what it. you had and when you went for it you were already sick you oh, were already okay. like very sick you had cirrhosis and all mm-hmm. this stuff so in 1960 they d- they make a blood test that could measure iron levels in the blood that could mirror the iron that's stored in your tissue so they could see just how by drawing you your blood how much you have in your tissues um, so it makes it much easier to test for this disease. But again, this was only done on people who already were exhibiting signs of the disease and had damage to internal organs. Um, the iron from hemochromatosis is most commonly stored in the liver, pancreas, heart, and brain. It's also stored in like your joints. Mm-hmm. People being tested already had cirrhosis, diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, impotence, and liver cancer. Impotence. Yeah. Oof. It can get into your pretty bad. other organs too. And um, <laughs> the organ. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you, know, you know what it does? It inhibits um, hormones. All right. Um, God bless me. Yeah. I wouldn't like that too much. No. And liver cancer, which is the most frequent fatal outcome of hemochromatosis. In 1996, John Feeder identified the specific gene mutation, which is C282Y. The results in the malfunctioning of the mechanisms responsible for control of iron absorption. You have this gene, it screws up your DNA mm-hmm. in it. Your erections and everything else. <laughs> um, and it it's it screws up how you control the iron in your blood. Mm-hmm. So the mutation is present in 85% of Caucasians with hemochromatosis. So it allows for the screening of people at risk for developing hemochromatosis. So if you Almost everybody that has hemochromatosis has this mutation. So okay. it's really, if you have that mutation, you they have hemochromatosis. Have, yeah. Yeah. Um, among Celts, the incidence of the mutation is 1 in 8 to 10 people. Wow, that's pretty high. Among Irish Celts, it is 1 in 3 to 5 people. Laura, that just shows how much more Irish you are than me. It, clearly, my Italian genes have come out because yeah. I don't have it. No, you do. don't. Um, Italians are better. 1 in 3 to 5 people that's have huge. the mutation. It appears to have originated in a Celtic or Viking ancestor oh, Viking. two to four thousand years ago and spread migra- through migration. You know, they mm-hmm. came down and so, so did the disease um, through Europe and Scandinavia. The high incidence in Celts in Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and Brittany is due to the Vikings' invasions in those areas. So they were mm-hmm. constantly invaded by Vikings. Invaded. They brought that mutation mm-hmm. and all of their children then had it. Um <laughs> And the isolation of the island-based yes. countries kept it in, in those there. countries. In all the inbreeding and shit. Right. So it wasn't like in mainland. It was on all these, the islands, islands that the Vikings were going to. So it was kind of like it kept it going. It was Vikings. I know. Um, so back to the plague. 
Ireland had a very different diet than the rest of Europe. Like you said, they were eating, Potatoes. They lived on potatoes. They want some potatoes. They were malnourished, so they had low iron levels. They also um, drank a lot of tea. Oh, the tea. The tannins in the tea inhibits the absorption of iron. So they had super low iron. Maybe that's why I'm anemic. Maybe. Super low iron levels. People without the gene would have died at higher rates since if you had the gene, you would have had higher iron to begin with. So you could have lived with having a little starvation or a little vitamin deficiency because you had all this iron stored in you. Interesting. So if you didn't have it, you you were dying. So, so this left the survivors yeah. were the people with the gene. So then all of these people have this gene in this mutation. Um, so then it comes to the U.S., it comes to Australia, because these are the people that are surviving. They're the ones leaving. Um, they actually use the gene to track the immigration of Irish people around the world. Wow. Like they can see like, oh yeah, a ton of them went here, a ton of them went here, a ton Hemochromatosis of them. Hemochromatosis here. Yeah. Hemochromatosis There's here. little pockets of little sprinkle of it everywhere. Yeah. It was Irish. Um, they had a little flavor everywhere they yeah. were. Yeah. So hemochromatosis usually affects men age 40 and up mm-hmm. um, and women age 60 and up. So it, so you get some time. Yeah. So it affects you later in life because it takes a while to store it up. Mm-hmm. Like it's storing up all those years and then you get oh. bad results from it. And women are older because we have our menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and we're giving, you know, we're, we're childbearing age. Month. So we bloodlet ourselves. So then when you get into menopause or if you have a hysterectomy, then you have to start worrying about it. Um, Signs and symptoms of it are abdominal pain, arthritic pain, fatigue, lethargy, decreased hormone production. That's when the libido Mm -hmm. comes in. Um, (laughs) You get iron fist, which is pain in the pointer and middle finger joints. dirty. I know. (laughs) I'm going to give you the iron fist. Yep. Um, They... Check it by, obviously now we do a um, genetic test that you can, you know, if you have mm-hmm. it, you have it. My mother has like 40 something first cousins, big Irish family. And one of them found out they had him. I don't know why they found out they had it, but they found out they had it. So she called and said like, all of you have to test this. And you all fucking of us. have it. So no, but I don't know. I know a few of them do. I don't know who actually got tested or not, but I. Um, I think my sister got tested first, and she found out she was a carrier. So that means my mother has to have at least part of the gene. So then my mother got tested, and when she got tested, she had it, and her levels were already, already at a dangerously high level. Oh wow! So she had to get bloodletted. Wasn't tested, right? So she had to get bloodletted constantly. At Did first. they bring the leeches out, or they do it <laughs> no? They just draw. <laughs> it's like giving blood. They take a pint of blood off you, yeah, and they do it like you know. Then they check yeah. your levels, and sometimes. If it's dangerously high, like my mother's was in the beginning, she had to go like Multiple times. constantly. Now she goes, I think every one, two to three months and gets bloodletted. Mm-hmm. Um, they so archaic. I know. They will check your iron level in your blood. They'll check your transferrin saturation, which transferrin is the protein that binds with iron that transports it into your tissue. So if that's high... They know like a lot's going into tissue, so that's really sensitive to what is in your organs, mm-hmm. the amount of iron. Um, and they check your ferritin level, which is the protein that binds, and you know they check multiple things to see how much you're actually storing in your body. That's mm-hmm. what they're really worried about. Um, they, it's, it's if you catch it, and now we can do the genetic testing. You can live with it. You can live with it. You just get bloodletted constantly, and you can stay on top of just it. Just get bloodletted. You just take fucking a couple of liters of every month. No big deal. So I got it. So I have it, but I didn't go. But you haven't bloodletted yet. No, because I still have my period. Um, but I, you know, my mother's like she has it, and then her doctor kept saying, "Okay, your daughters both got tested, right?" And she's like, "Well, no, one of my daughters got tested." Yeah, my sister. She's like, my other one won't. He's like, "What is she a doctor?" She goes, "No, she's a nurse." He's like, "Oh, even worse." <laughs> so, he's at the hospital we work at, and he's like, "Listen, tell her to fill out a lap slip, put my name on it, put the orders in, have somebody draw her blood. Like, I'm ordering yeah. this test for her. Just have her do it." And I was like, it's like, like two or three years after my mother got diagnosed, I was like, "Ma, I don't have it. I have low iron. I'm fine. I'm great. I, I'm always. It's I can't all even good. give it's blood good. anymore. It's fine. I don't even have high. I have it." So, <laughs> and I'm infected. And it's fine. But anyways, if you're from an Irish family. Go get tested. Someone has liver disease, cirrhosis, liver cancer. If, someone, yep. if a relative, if a brother, sister, mother, aunt, uncle, just go get it. Because if you, it's not gonna kill if you. you find out now, you can fix it. They just watch me every year. They draw those levels every year. 
And they said it will be after your mm-hmm. menopausal. That will be the problem, but we'll still I, just... Can I go with you for your first bloodletting? Yeah, please. You can just sit there with me. No one just sit there and I'll talk to you. I'll eat the cookies while you're blood. blood. And it'll be great. Yeah. But anyways, run. that is how a lot of the Irish that survived survived because they had this Well, I'll just tell gene. you, they're fucking something. They are. They are fucking survivors. Mm-hmm. So this St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Oh, this St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. They don't really eat corn, corn beef. That's not really, but they actually don't even celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I hate corn beef. You know who likes it? My Italian husband. I would rather eat shit. My Italian husband loves, loves boiled dinner. No. I uh, The boiled dinner is okay not my choice of food and i'm very italian i don't eat it i like cornbread i like well that's different i like cornbread um so eat a lot of potatoes you know enjoy irish soda bread oh you can have irish soda bread scones scones with the cream remember Mm. when we had those our very first day in ireland scones with the fucking cream Mm -hmm. and the toasties the toasties oh the toasties were the best i love that i'm gonna make a potato leek soup because that was we had that too at the cliffs of moor it's fucking Ooh, fantastic. Yeah, that Remember good. that? Yeah. A little homemade bread on the side. Mm-hmm. Delicious. People complain about the food in Ireland. It was I delicious. I couldn't get enough of it, dude. It was delicious. It was we didn't stop fucking... eating the whole time. I literally it. could not get enough of it. I'm like, so good. this is the, the, pie, the meat pies and the fucking steaks. Even and... the stupid chips. We went to this bar. Oh, like, my we God. First potatoes. Yeah. And they had these chips. We're like, these are the best chips. I was like, where'd you get these? They t- she looked at me like I had five fucking eggs. She's like, they're potatoes. I'm like... These are the best trips I've ever had in my life. So the food good. is fantastic. So Ireland's good. beautiful country. Fucking love it. Yeah. Go I liked it. England too, but you guys are assholes at this <laughs> point. I, I'm very tainted after this episode. <laughs> so um, if you've never heard of it, now you've heard of it. Yeah. Investigate it because it's quite a goddamn story. Yes. And we will see you in the spring. Ooh, I can't da, wait. Da, da. So nice. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at scissors and scrubs and email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissors and scrubs at gmail.com